0: Welcome to the basketball party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Last week we were in panic mode, and the Wolves go on the West Coast. And what do they do? They rattle off big wins. We'll discuss it all, plus All Star Weekend and Valentine's on today's Minnesota Basketball Party.
1: This is Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Timberwolves talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Basketball Party on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up, everyone? Wolves talk every Wednesday here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's the Minnesota Basketball Party with some of your favorite Wolves analysts around. I'm Sam Ekstrom. You'll meet the rest of the crew in a moment. We're so glad you're with us today on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Please give us a subscription and check us out perhaps on the uh, 24-7 YouTube live stream as well. Also hear us on the Lockdown Wolves audio feed where you can also get daily Wolves podcasts, Lockdown Wolves with Ben Beacon. But let's meet our team with our opening tip. Take it away, Ben.
2: I'm Ben Beacon, host of the daily Lockdown Wolves podcast. We'll talk today a little bit about the uh, the last two Wolves wins in LA against the Clippers Monday and against Portland on Tuesday and how they won each of those games in pretty different fashion. Um, and I thought they were in some ways equally, uh, maybe not equally, nearly as impressive as as uh, as one another.
1: I'm Jack Borman, editor-in-chief at Canis uh co-host of the Lockdown Wolves postcast with my man Luke Inman. Uh, and I'll be talking a little bit about why I think that Clippers game for, from a couple nights ago should give you more hope in, uh, you know, the Timberwolves postseason prospects than any game that that we've seen so far from this team this season.
3: Reggie Wilson, Kara Levin, and you know, I still think Wolves fans are just a little timid to go all in on this team, and I think that it's okay. It's okay, especially especially uh, Sam Ekstrom's take from last week. He's just He's been panicked, but it might be a good reason for everybody to just calm down a little bit.
0: Yeah, thank you, Reggie, and thank you, everybody. It's good to have you uh, on the panel today. I have been panicking, and last week I was in full panic mode. I might have even used the F-word, frauds, about this team after their collapse against the
3: Bulls. Oh, you did. You did. I, I, I don't know it. if there's
0: record of that. I that might have been your imagination. Let's but, check the tape. But the response to our show, which I'm sure they all listen to, if they go out and they toy with Milwaukee, who is undermanned, then they take on a full-strength Clippers team. And as Jack alluded to, maybe the most impressive win of the year. There's been a lot of moments where we've said that, so don't want to get too caught in recency bias, but there are there are good wins where it comes down to the wire and you duke it out and you hit that shot at the end, and then there are good wins where you are just you're you're banking in threes at the end because you're so comfortable in your victory. I mean, they were having their way with the Clippers, driving dunks, three point shots, shut down defense. Uh, considering the opponent and the stage um, and the the health of the Clippers on that night, that felt like the newest best win of the year. And the Wolves followed it up not by stubbing their toe, but by putting together another dominant fourth quarter, another game where we saw Luca Garza at the end and the end of the bench getting playing time uh, as they beat Portland last night, 121-109. So let's go to Ben Beacon. These last two wins uh really go a long way towards shaping how we view the Wolves heading into the all-star break.
2: Yeah, and, and I mentioned this in the open. I, I like the um how Similar, but different. The two wins were so the Clippers win. Well, it wasn't a wire to wire win. They're actually down at halftime by four Mm -hmm. points. And I think maybe that's what's most impressive is that this wasn't a, Hey, we just crushed them from the jump and they gave up. And it wasn't a last second where there's some good fortune, you know, to win a close game late. There always is. This was more of a flip of what we've seen, right? Them losing to a bad team after having a big lead late, they were down at halftime came out, had a monster third quarter on both ends of the floor and then still blew them out and put them away after trailing at halftime. So it was almost like if you could rank the different types of wins, like this is this is right up there with a with a close game against a good team because they it was a close game. And then they just said, no, we're going to we're going to put this thing away in the second half. You're going to go small and we're going to crush you. Um, and, And so Monday's win was all about size length the defense um, and and Anthony Edwards, a phenomenal ant game in which he missed 10, three point attempts. And the only one he made was an intentional bank in garbage time. Basically (laughs) Um, it it was like, it it was, and and also I'll draw like um, comparison to Monday and Tuesday when it comes to ant, like Monday was all about ants, non scoring game. And yes, he scored points, but it was, it was in the paint. I think all of his makes, except for that one, or basically all of his makes were, were twos, except for that one banked in three. And he had like, I think eight assists to no turnovers, And then Tuesday against Portland, he scores 41, takes 27 shots. Nobody else on the team shoots the ball more than seven times, which is except for Gobert. I think Gobert had 10 attempts. Nobody else shoots it more than seven times. So Gobert shoots at 10. Ant has 27 field goal attempts. He drops 41. He only has two assists. But I thought his decision making was still good on Tuesday. So you had the Ant distribution facilitation game on Monday, and then you had the Ant scoring game on Tuesday. And both wins were very impressive. Um, in addition to Ant's play on Tuesday, you also had, you know, the depth showing up, like uh, a, a poor game for McDaniels, a foul trouble late in game from Cat, uh, a kind of meh game from Conley. But you had Nas Reed and Nikhil Alexander-Walker both play extremely well on Tuesday. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to Portland, like second half of back-to-back on the road, but also something I talked about on today's Lockdown Wolves, like when you're the best, you're going to get other teams best. And Portland has a lot of talent. Like there's probably four rotation guys on that team that um, are, or four starters on that team that have been rotation guys or could be rotation guys on a playoff team. So they have, Mm -hmm. talent, even though they're a bad team and of course you're going to get their best shot. So I thought both games were very impressive. Um, and for different reasons and, uh, you know, a really, really nice, like hopefully no letdown on Thursday leading into the all-star break, but a really nice last three games when a week ago, we were a bit, a bit concerned, frankly, coming off that bulls loss.
0: Yeah, the I thought last night's win was the antithesis of that Bulls game where you had the big lead and then you started slipping and the the momentum got going in one direction, the shots started falling for Portland as they did Chicago and the Wolves just couldn't stop that avalanche against the Bulls. But in the fourth quarter, they flipped the switch and they went from down 2 to up 20 in the blink of an eye. I think it was a 26 to seven run or 27 to six run that ultimately decided it. Uh, Jack, we were on the air like nine hours ago doing the lockdown wolves postcast. Uh, let's, uh, let's hear that opinion again from you about uh, last night and your Clippers opinion.
1: Yeah, I think I'll start with the Clippers. Uh Clippers game Uh, I mean when or just the last two games in general also just an overarching thing Timberwolves have 57 assists and 15 turnovers Assist to turnover ratio of 3.8 season long is 1.36 so a huge improvement in that department is certainly going to help over those two games but but with the Clippers game specifically uh, their defense was insane I mean before garbage time they had a defensive rating of 104.5 for the record the Timberwolves had the best defensive rating in the league this year at just under 109. Um, so that's how much better uh, they were than even their, you know, season long top ranked defense uh, to hold four hall of famers to 64 points on 21 of 57 shooting uh, 37%, all four Kawhi PG, Harden, uh, Russ, all shot less than 50% uh, was incredible. And then you have a 40 to 19 uh, just thrashing in that third quarter where you made all of those guys look pretty helpless on the offensive end of the floor. And and I think that was what was most impressive, right? We've, we've seen this Clippers team pretty much just buzzsaw their way through everyone mm-hmm. uh, the last month, six weeks or so, with you know, the league's top-ranked offense. And um, they, looked, they, they looked like they just didn't want to attack this Wolves defense that had length, that had uh, size and physicality, everything that you look for in, in a top-ranked defense. And then on the other end of the floor, offensively, I mean, the Clippers threw everything. Them. This this had a playoff game type feel in that first half because Ty Lu in the first quarter threw a high wall, a 2-3 zone, a 3-2 zone, a box and one on Cat. He threw all those things at the Wolves and all the Timberwolves kept doing was just moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball. They cut really well. Uh, they finished inside. They had 33 assists on 46 field goals and shot 54% against, again, a, a top five defense in the NBA. Um, and, and Rudy Gobert was awesome, just totally controlled inside the arc Wolf shot nearly 70% on twos and held the clippers to 45 percent on twos, which is pretty impressive. Um, so when you, you wrap all that together and it was just kind of the best of what they can do on both ends of the floor um even without shooting you know threes all that well. they've been number two behind the clippers in three point percentage and, and weren't that good from three but still found a way to dominate this game which is highly impressive and then when that blazers game, you know, um, I, I was really impressed that, again, another night where they, they didn't have their best offensive game, but they found a way to, to score. They, they scored a season high 30 points at the free throw line uh, and their bench was really important. Forty four points. Um, they rank 23rd in the league this year in bench scoring at, at 32 points a game. So to so to get above that for the the, you know, I think second time in three games is pretty big. Um, and then. You know Nikhil Alexander Walker man <laughs> four threes in that fourth quarter was was huge and then Kyle Anderson has been awesome as well. He's he's got 20 assists and three turnovers since the trade deadline um had eight assists no turnovers last night and has looked way more comfortable uh since that that trade deadline on Thursday has passed so there's there's no question that that he's been a different guy and and I think he's gonna be really important to to how this team uh you know can play in the playoffs because if, if you get really good Kyle Anderson um, like that we saw last season that was so important and that was a fan favorite. I know that might be hard to believe uh, given how, you know, we've seen fans react to his play this year, but you know, he's been really, really important to, to this team for the, for the last uh, you know, year and change. And he's going to be really important once again, especially if he can, he can continue this, this really strong play.
0: Yeah. I think Anderson's gotten back to what he does. I think he had a really bad stretch of inefficient offense I think that ship has been righted a little bit, and that's good to see. Reggie Wilson, your thoughts on this West Coast success.
3: So it's like my eyes couldn't believe it. You know, like they were just absolutely just whooping the Clippers. 7247, and Jackson 40 to 19 in the third. Like that's just that's insane. And then to hold Kawhi, PG, and Harden to under 20 points each is ridiculous like this team is one of the favorites to to come out of the west and everybody's been talking about them and i think that was an emphatic statement win from the wolves just kind of putting the league on notice like hey um i know everybody wants to fall in love with the nuggets because they're the defending champs everybody wants to talk about the star power in la with both teams but uh hello Us up here in minnesota where it's not so cold like it usually is this time of year like you gotta come see us you gotta you gotta play us and i think that was a that was a a very encouraging thing to see if you're a timberwolves fan but it's so funny because i feel like the timberwolves fans are still just like waiting for that other shoe to drop like i talked to different people even in my building. And they're like, oh, you think the Timberwolves are going to do something? I just don't know. It's been so long since they've – I'm like, yep, 2004, yep. I, yep, I I keep I keep uh, hearing about that. And I had a guy on Twitter after the first quarter just say, like, yeah, this Wolves team is so undisciplined. They, they don't have what it takes to make it out of the first round. And I'm like, dang, like you're still giving that take from this – version of the Wolves that you're seeing. And I think, you know, for all those who may have panicked, Sam Ekstrom, and others uh, out there who, who, you know, just don't want to truly buy in, I get it. I get it. Look, you guys have been through a lot, not just with the Wolves, but with all the other Minnesota sports teams. So I am not telling you how to feel, okay? But what I will say is what's encouraging about what the Timberwolves are doing is Cat came out. Three fouls in the first quarter last night. Just totally not a part of it. But then it's like, oh dang, Ant's gonna have one of those nights. And he scores 41. But here's the luxury for the Wolves. And this is something that I've brought up in the past. And Jack brought up slow-mo. And that's that's huge. Man, we cannot say enough about Nas Reed and Naw. I think the the crazy part is is Cat gets in foul trouble, and me watching the game, I'm not worried. I'm like, oh, they're just gonna put Nas in, and Nas is gonna do what he does, and it's like he doesn't do the same things that Cat does, but like he can come in there and do his thing and still be as efficient and not allow the Timberwolves to miss a step with Cat out of the game. And I saw this tweet from Sam Quinn um, from CBS Sports, and he said the Timberwolves have two bench guys, and Nas Reed and Nikhil Alexander Walker that could legitimately play thirty plus minutes on any other top six playoff teams. He said Phoenix would trade thirty more Horcrux um, swaps for a Nog caliber three and D, and that's 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 really what you you see, like. Nah's been playing out of his mind. It's like he got the contract, which means like the team has full confidence in his ability, and that just seemed to like unlock a, a next level in him. Like he was playing pretty good down the stretch last year and into the playoffs, but like this just kind of seemed to like up it even more for him. And he's really comfortable out there. And he's a guy like Jaden McDaniels didn't score a point last night, but then you you go to Nah. And Nas going out there scoring eighteen, and you're like, all right, it's cool. Plus twenty two with him on the floor, like that's the reason why, you know. Even if you're a little scared because it is Minnesota sports, it's like that kind of gives you a little bit of hope that this Timberwolves team is different.
0: Yeah, like for those of us that have wives or significant others, they they might go shopping and they might try to find a deal and say, hey, like honey, I got this great Lulu dupe right like you get you find some some fashionable item of clothing that looks and feels just like the the expensive name brand that's naw with jaden like naw is jaden light coming off the bench he's the jaden dupe and he's a really high end dupe it's pretty nice and i think it's it's really solid when it, it makes me feel better my panicking self feels better about the awful losses when i see this team showing up when it needs to show up. And it routinely does this. They play the Clippers. They win both those games. They go to OKC on the road after losing at home to them. They win that game. They go to Boston undermanned, and they should have won, won that game. There's an asterisk next to that loss for me. That's basically a win. Um, so I do rest easier knowing that because in the playoffs, all those games are going to feel big, and this team knows when to show up for those big games. Plenty more to come. On the Minnesota Basketball Party, including how many Morrises can the Wolves acquire? That's next. You're in Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we're brought to you today by Hungry Root. Uh, the team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box of yummy stuff. I gotta tell you, it is delicious because grocery shopping, meal planning, that can be challenging. You've got a job, you've got kids, it's doubly challenging. Uh, if this applies to you, it certainly applies to me. Uh, tell, tell your friends about Hungry Root because it can help you with your particular lifestyle and diet. So the days are getting longer now. There's a little more daylight. Um, customers can save five hours per week using Hungry Root without the stress of grocery and meal planning. You can use that extra time. Get outside. Enjoy some fresh air. Do something else with your life. Be more productive. You also save money in addition to that time that you save. uh, You reduce food waste. Hungry Root can help save up to 30% on food waste each week. And you get a special discount with a code 40% off and free veggies for life. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hungryroot.com slash locked on 40% off your first delivery, free veggies. One more time hungryroot.com slash locked on don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you all right since our last show um nostradamus there jack borman he predicted monte morris correctly (laughs) applause for jack good call good call very nice um the wolves got i think later that day actually the wolves traded for monte morris a week ago today um, he's played in two games, hasn't really shown us yet what he can do. And I'm withholding judgment until he's here for a couple weeks. Let's get out of the all-star break. Let's get him in the offense. Let's get him in better shape before we really see uh, what he's about. But also on the Pat Bev podcast, rumors, speculation that Marcus Morris is also headed to Minnesota. So Jack, because you got the prediction right last week, we'll give you the first word. First on Monty. And then what, what role does Marcus play, the 34-year-old veteran, if he joins the Timberwolves as well in a a buyout situation?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think starting with, with Monte, the, the most important thing for him is that he's played in eight playoff series. He's played 48 playoff games. Uh, he's been very proficient from, from shooting it beyond the arc in, in those series. And he's taken care of the ball, right? He would have the NBA record for highest assisted turnover ratio in a single season. If it wasn't for a guy named Tyus Jones, uh, who also broke the record in that same year. Um, and, he, and he's been near the top of the league the last really since he's entered the league assist assisted turnover ratio. And he's been, uh, you know, north of 37.8% from three in each of the previous five seasons. And this one obviously has been derailed by, uh, by an injury at a white, a right quad strain uh, that, that caused him to miss the first 43 games of the year. So, you know, he's he, the g- first game he played in Minnesota on Monday um, against the Clippers was the most he's played in the game all season. So you got to give him some grace. You need to give him two, three weeks, maybe even a month before you really, you know, can have a, a more fully formed opinion of what he looks like in Minnesota, just because he's got to play his way into basketball shape. And, and it's pretty clear that his teammates don't fully understand what he's capable of bringing on the offensive end but uh he's going to give you eight ten twelve really consistent uh points a night scoring off the bench uh, in addition to just being a really good ball mover and a competitive defender and a team concept and then with with marcus Morris senior um you know he he's gonna he's gonna fit in really well i think Uh, he's not gonna play very much um, but uh last night's game in portland is a great example of, of how they could you know, use a guy like Marcus Morris. He's a 40% catch and shoot guy from three the last five years. Uh, He can create his own shot and score in the mid range and isolation. And he's really good at posting up smaller defenders. Um, And so he would be a great floor spacing option on a night like last night where Carl gets in foul trouble. It kind of junks up the rotation. The offense really struggles in the second quarter because they don't have, you know, this floor spacing five. that can give you 25 points, 30 points a game on any given night. Um, and so even him just scoring six or seven points in a quarter like that would be so big for the, the Timberwolves offense. And, and he's not going to be a guy that's going to play in every single game. He's probably going to be a guy that, that you throw out there if Jaden gets in foul trouble. Or Rudy or or Nas or, or, or Carl gets in foul trouble. So it's really going to be more spot minutes, maybe 10 to 15 minutes a night in those situations. But another guy that you can throw out there in the in the playoffs, and in, in that you know he's 6'8, 225 is 6'11 wingspan. Um he, he's a really proficient post-up defender, can can guard bigger fours and smaller fives. He's not great defending in space anymore, uh, but he does rebound nicely. So kind of as a floor spacing four um, you know, they can get his own bucket, uh, which is going to be really important and, and space the floor a lot better than, um, than, than Kyle Anderson, at least on nights when, um, you know, that, that Anderson, a you know, lack of spacing might be more problematic than, than other nights. Mm. Reggie, your thoughts.
3: So, yeah, I, I think, um, them getting Monte Morris is, is, is huge. Just, you know, it was interesting because in the um, in his first game with the with the wolves, like he made the three, and then he came off the bench. He was just really like calm and cool, and it was so interesting just watching uh, Jordan McLaughlin come come out. You know, the because they they did a timeout or whatever on the floor, and J Max like, yeah, yeah, good good job, bro, yeah. Great. And it's just so funny because it's like, yeah, he's looking at a guy that's probably going to be the reason why he doesn't get as many minutes as, you know, he probably wanted to. Um, I think J-Mac had like four minutes in the game last night. And so um, I, I think, as Jack said, as he continues to work his way back into playing shape and game form, I think, you know, he'll be a, a really important piece. Like he's a dude that can score. In bunches, and and also, you know, he had a career high in assists uh, with the Wizards as well. So he's a guy who can distribute out there as well. So just another like veteran presence who's been there before and who can help this team as they kind of go down the stretch. I think what I like about the the Morris's uh, potentially being acquired is because, like, you know, I think at this point in Marcus Morris's career, like, I don't think you're gonna rely on him for like his scoring ability per se. But I think, you know, he can you can put him in there and, and get some good minutes from him. He's gonna make pretty good decisions with the ball. Um, but I think what is interesting is like, you know, there are so many times where when Mike Conley was out, everybody's like, yeah, they were missing that adult in the room. And we kind of see some of the the bad things that kind of happen when a young team is out there just kind of on vibes and and not really as disciplined as maybe they should be well, this kind of gives them a little bit more of a presence uh, veteran-wise. And I think what a lot of people probably like from Patrick Beverly when he was here is he kind of, you know, he was crazy. He still is crazy. But I think, you know, he kind of gives them that veteran presence that that kind of helps the team be a little bit more mature moving forward and have a, a different mindset. Marcus Morris has been there, done that. Like he's he's been on several playoff teams. He's He's played in a lot of meaningful games. And for a team that's that's still pretty young, con, you know, considering, you know, swap out Conley, Rudy, you know, those are some of the older guys. But um, I think bringing someone, you know, I think Morris is like 34 years old. Just bringing somebody who is a veteran presence will kind of help this team as they kind of grow and mature to reach heights that they haven't before.
0: Did you happen to see, by the way, what Pat Bev did two nights ago? Pat Bev plays in a game um, against Denver. This is in Milwaukee. Then, And he has a game the next day as well. So back-to-back for the Bucks. Pat Bev then drives to Chicago and joins the Barstool Sports free throw shooting contest. They had to make 41 shots in a row. Pat Bev went in the middle of the night to go do that with a game the next day after playing a game. He's crazy. That's just supporting Reggie's point. He's nuts. Um,
1: Ben, the bucks, the bucks lost the next day by 26. In case anyone was wondering
0: (laughs) Pat Bev one for three. I still miss it. I still miss him.
1: I love that Um, guy forever.
0: That's wild. Ben, what do you think?
2: Yeah. Monte Morris quickly. We talked a little bit about this last week. uh, So I I don't, I don't know how much more I want to go into it, but like, Monte Morris, what he's going to add off the bench is the ability. It's a little bit like uh, the way I'd, I I would describe it is there's ways about how he plays offensively. That's a bit of a cross between Mike Conley and Jordan McLaughlin, if that makes sense. He's got a little bit, even more of an in-between game. Like you don't see Conley shoot very many mid-range jumpers, but he obviously has the floater game can finish with either hand in the paint. Not that he gets to the rim all that often anymore, but he's got the ability to do it. Right. So when they acquired him last year, it was like, okay, he could shoot a floater. He could throw lobs to Rudy. Um, and there's kind of that, you know, what's he going to do when he turns the corner? And, and obviously Conley has been a lot more catch and shoot this year than he had been, uh, even more so than he, when he was in Utah. Um, but, uh, Monte Morris is more than happy to pull up from the elbow and, and shoot a jumper and play in the middle of the floor and provide some of that in between playmaking that, um, you know, McLaughlin doesn't do as much of, and he's got a little bit more size than McLaughlin. And I, and, you know, to Jack's point about him being tried and true in the playoffs and, and like everybody knows that. So all of those things together, plus the catch and shoot numbers for Monte Morris that are so good. Um, it it's, I, I think his ability, not like they're going to ask him to run the offense or, or sorry, to create his own offense that much, but it's the fact that he can do it right. It's what they were hoping that they would get out of shake Milton but from a true somebody who really is a true point guard that could also shoot catch and shoot at a better, at a better clip than shake Milton can. Um, So I think it's the right combination of those things. Plus obviously the, the playoff experience is great. Um, And, and that is another edge he has over McLaughlin that obviously, you know, Jordan doesn't have. And uh, now you have the luxury of, you know, if you need Jordan McLaughlin, you you still have him. He's just, you know, he's your third point guard Um, related to Marcus Morris. Yeah. I mean, I think Jack's point about catch and shoot is the biggest thing. My, my, I think he would be more, in a sense, Kyle Anderson minutes, and I think Jack mentioned this, but like, um, you know, it it, depending on the matchup or depending on the night or depending on foul trouble, he can play some of those minutes and space the floor like, uh, I mean, obviously, slow-mo doesn't do and and better than other guys can. Um, The Wolves are still, they're second in the NBA in overall three-point shooting percentage as a team, and we're finally starting to see that volume come up. Um, I think over the last six games, it's like, uh, the the rate is like really where it should be for the season they're still just 20 20 uh, uh, I'm sorry uh, so, uh, actually they're up to 17th now in three-point rate uh, they're 24th in attempts per game but um, if you look at three-point rate they're up to 17th they've been bottom 10 basically all season so we're starting to see them shoot more threes they're second in percentage and uh, Marcus Morris like I mean this season He's been 43% catch and shoot in limited, somewhat limited minutes with Philadelphia. Last year, he was 37% year before 38%. Uh, Three years ago in LA, he was 50% catch and shoot threes as a rotation player on a, on a playoff team. So, um, like he, he gives you that option off the bench as really probably a 10th or maybe even 11th guy, depending on the matchup, depending on the night, depending on who's resting, um, foul trouble, et cetera. It's a luxury, and and it's great that the Wolves, you know, uh, Reggie brought up earlier the tweet about, like, the Wolves have bench guys who can play 30 minutes on other good playoff teams. Like, this is another example. The Wolves don't need the buyout market. It's not like the Lakers in 2004, like, we need Carl Malone, we need Gary Payton because we don't have anyone else around Kobe and Shaq. This is, the Wolves have, you know, a, a top, a legit top eight, top nine And they're looking for additional depth to an already deep team. And to find it with somebody that's got playoff experience and can add a little bit of a toughness and an edge to the team as well, I think would be a really, really good match.
0: Yeah, just the two for two straight up. You get rid of Shake and Troy Brown. You bring in Monty Morris and Marcus Morris. You've raised your floor considerably because you really can't have a worse go than Shake Milton did here. And Troy Brown had one moment, and that's it. And Monty and Marcus Morris are going to come in and they're going to be probably pretty professional every time they hit the floor. And they're going to give you something. They're going to give you stability. And I think that's that's a big boost for the end of your bench, even if they aren't impactful every single night. There are going to be times when you have to uh, play that card. Uh, Good stuff, gentlemen, on that. After this, we'll look ahead to All-Star Weekend featuring Cat and Ant. And then uh, I challenge everybody to write a Valentine. We'll see if they came through. That's coming up on the Minnesota Basketball Party. And it's brought to you today by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. One more game until the All-Star break. Wolves play Portland on Thursday. If they win that game, they will be 39-16 and through the first 55 with 27 games to go. They presently lead the West by one game over OKC and two games over the Nuggets. And the Clippers, that's a pretty nice spread considering where they were a week ago. It looked like they were going to fall down to fourth. And now they've got a couple game edge on a couple of those primary competitors. So very good to see. Uh, thanks to the everydayers for watching us today, by the way. And if you're watching on Locked on Sports Minnesota, you can check us out uh, doing the Minnesota football party Mondays and Thursdays. Ron Johnson show on Tuesdays. He had Vikings fullback CJ Ham on the show this past episode. And the roundtables on Friday with Reggie Wilson, Julia Daniels, Ron Johnson and myself i'm getting into all-star weekend looking past the portland game on saturday night we've got cat in the three-point contest trying to to defend his title in his last appearance and ant in the skills competition uh what are we most looking forward to of maybe not just those two events but the whole weekend of festivities reggie what do you what do you got
3: yeah, I I look forward to seeing the guys in the uh, the All-Star competitions, uh see if Cat can uh, can once again win it all. Um I thought it was pretty pretty interesting when he won it all the first time. I was like, "Wow, okay." Like, you know, you see him shoot threes and you're like, "Okay, yeah. He's 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 pretty good at that, but I think it was uh it was interesting to see him win it. So, it'd be interesting to see if he could do it again. Um but, you know, I think I think what's cool, you know, especially if you're a Timberwolves fan, is just kind of seeing the Wolves' presence in Indy. Yeah, they got a couple All-Stars, but then, you know, you got Finchie and the staff coaching the game. Like, the Wolves' imprint is all over the the All-Star game. And so I think that's really cool when you just kind of think about it, and it's indicative of just the season that they've had and the work that they've done this season to put themselves in position to be not only relevant, but be, you know, at the upper echelon of of the NBA. And so I, I'm interested to see all those things at work and, you know, just kind of interested to see what type of crazy things Ant has in store, you know, for the games. He's going to throw it off the backboard again and, and try to, you know, do some razzle-dazzle. He's going to pull up from the logo, you know, those type of things. Um, I, I'm interested to see.
2: Ben. Yeah, I'm most excited about the three-point competition. I agree with Reggie. Like, Anto the All-Star game is is going to be great because I'm sure he'll get a little bit more run this year, um, and uh, it'll be fun. Um, But the three-point competition is always my favorite. I think it's got the best combination of like watching players that are the best in the world at that at their particular skill. Watch them do what they do best on a big stage. And there's intrigue. There's you know there's suspense of like you know there's a little bit less of that usually with the dunk contest and certainly with the actual game. So this is a ton of fun. Um you know it's it's I I I wish Steph Curry was in it that would make it even more fun, but it's a fun field too and and like looking at the at the I'm going to do official predictions on Friday on Lockdown Wolves, but looking at the uh the odds on FanDuel like Malik Beasley at plus 500 is not bad. I mean, he's somebody who can get hot and it feels like, you know, he's going to try and take advantage of this of this stage. Um, I was shocked. Carlton Towns is plus eight fifty. He's got the second longest odds to win the three point competition. And two years ago, um, I actually placed a wager on Carlton Towns to win the three point competition because he had the longest odds. And I was like, this is crazy. Like the people like people setting odds are are, you know, they know what they're doing. but cat, like, this is right in his wheelhouse. And I know the the narrative of bigs and their shot taking longer and they get tired and whatever. But that's not how cat shoots. He doesn't jump when he shoots. So I was like, I mean, this is, this is like set shots for him all the way around the floor. So the only player with longer odds is Donovan Mitchell at plus eleven hundred. Cats at plus eight fifty. I, I don't know. I mean, those to me seem like the two best bets. Uh, the favorite right now is Damian Lillard at plus three sixty. But Malik Beasley at plus five hundred or Cat at plus eight fifty. Uh, I just don't know how you win the competition. And he wasn't in it last year because he was hurt. And then you're you have the second longest odds the next time around. I thought I think that's kind of crazy. But I'm looking forward to see if he can uh, I
0: guess quote unquote defend his title from two years ago. Jack, on last night's Locked on Wolves postcast teased a big take about this weekend. I'm excited to hear it.
1: No, I, I don't know if it was a, it was a big take, but um, yeah, I, I think that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the three-point contest. Um, I, I personally don't think that Ant is going to take anything seriously. He's not going to take the skills challenge seriously at all. Uh, I don't think he's going to play very much in the All-Star game, and I don't think he's going to take it very seriously. It's just like not. An environment that that i think he really uh you know revels and enjoys being in uh, especially if his knee is bugging him a little bit so i think saturday night three-point contest is going to be the 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 best thing i think for the for the timberwolves fans to watch um and carl only has to complete compete with one other big and i honestly think that bigs have a huge advantage in the three-point contest if you know obviously they have to be a really good three-point shooter to even be invited um but Markinen is the only other guy, and he's got a, a longer loading shot than, than Carl does. But, like, small guards' legs get more tired in in the three point contest because they have to jump. And Carl, like, his toes won't leave the ground when he's shooting all these shots. So, I, I bet on Carl two years ago. I will certainly bet on Carl again this year. Um, I, he made a lot of people, a lot of money in that three point contest two years ago. So, I, th- I think he'll do it again. But, um, but, but my, the thing I'm most looking forward to is, um, is just everybody kind of taking the wolves a little bit more seriously, right? You know, the wolves haven't been on national TV. I don't think they've been readily available for a lot of other stars and, you know, uh, know, really relevant people around the league to, to take in and watch outside of games they're scouting or, or games they're playing in. But this have that, like Reggie said, that wolves presence, all the coaches are there. Executives are going to be there. Obviously Carl and Ant will be there. You know, who knows if any other Timberwolves players will show up and support them. Um, but just to have kind of the Wolves be omnipresent at you know the whole weekend, I think it's gonna be really important because that that type of stuff, like a lot of fans probably won't, won't think about it much. But that type of visibility in a setting like All-Star Weekend with when all the biggest stars are there, all the you know, the power players, most important people in the league are there. Um all that stuff really does matter. And you know, obviously you can say well it doesn't matter if they don't do anything down the stretch in the playoffs. Well, yes, you're you're correct. That is true. But um you know, it's a, it's a small win for sure uh and one that I I think is going to be really important is, you know, you you get LeBron in the huddle. Uh you know, who knows? We'll the Wolves have some some second round picks. Maybe they can trade up, get a first draft Ronnie James and uh have a little little test run of uh of of Mr. LeBron here. Uh, playing plan with his uh, future coach Chris Finch. so we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, the West is interesting from a established franchise standpoint because like all the stars, the teams that we like to and national media probably more so likes to talk about are jockeying for play in position. Steph, LeBron, uh, Luca, Durant. Um, and then at the top you've got OKC, you've got Minnesota. You've got Denver, who's a champion, but they're also Denver. And right now, the Wolves are experiencing the same thing they did last year. Nobody nobody respected Denver because nobody watched Denver. Um, The Clippers are probably the most star-studded at the top of the West, but they're also not the Lakers. Um, So it it is like there's a lot of teams saying, look at me, look at me, respect me. And the Wolves are are definitely in that mix as well. Um, It's Valentine's Day, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, whether you celebrate or not. I challenged this group to write a Wolves Valentine to close out the show. Um, Who, who understood the assignment here? Who's going to, going to put their poetry skills to the test? I got a good one. All right, Ben, I, I feel it. really confident about this. Hold on. Let me find some music. I know we've got some, we've got some options down here. Let me just, just give me a second. Thank,
1: Thank God. Han's not here. Otherwise he'd be having a field day with, with the music.
0: I didn't practice my delivery. Now I'm nervous about feeding the ducks. These are the names of these. That's a little little bit too urban. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's really nice. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Roses are red. Violets are blue. This is the year the Timberwolves get past round two. Ooh, very nice. snaps, snaps. I, you know, it could be it could be round one too because they've only done that once. But you know,
0: we'll go through, we'll go through round two for Rudy.
2: Right? Rhyming for first time
1: that Rudy gets past round two.
0: Yeah, you got you, you got a to rhyme too. Right. Uh Who else is composed? A little. I, I've got
1: I've got one. Uh If if we have time. Yep, we do. Roses are red, violets are blue. Connolly is cooking, and he'll pull a heist on you. <laughs>
0: And which Conley? We don't know. Probably Tim, but uh, double meaning there. I, I, I,
1: I tweeted this the other night, in the last year. Out, they've sent out D'Lo, Prince, three second round picks. They've brought in Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Leonard Miller, and Monte Morris with all of that stuff. So He's,
0: pretty, he's cooking. He's cooking. Reggie, do you have any poetry for us?
3: Oh, mine is not as good as these guys, but... <laughs> Uh, roses are red. Violets are blue. The Wolves are going to win by throwing it up to Big Rue. That's all I got.
0: That's all uh, I got. That's I got. not bad. That's not bad. That's pretty that's all good. I got. Um, all right. I'll be the anchor leg. This is a two stanza poem. Roses are red. The Thunder are a threat. Taking SGA for MVP is a pretty good bet. But as the playoffs come round and winter thaws, the wolves have the superior family member. His name is Nah. It was good. Th- thank you. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate you listening. The Minnesota basketball party on Locked On Sports Minnesota, Locked On Wolves audio feed for Ben Beek and Locked On Wolves. Jack Borman. Let's turn this off. Jack Borman, Canis Hoopus, Reggie Wilson, CARE 11. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Uh, tune into the Minnesota Football Party tomorrow and the roundtable on Friday. Please subscribe to the channel. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next week.